0: Welcome to the What's What Weekly Wrap-Up.
1: Today's show focuses exclusively on this week's features from the WFEV Newsroom.
0: I'm David Escobar.
1: And I'm Christina Lulich.
0: And here are this week's feature stories. The holidays are just around the corner, and many shoppers looking for a more personal gift may turn to the e-commerce site Etsy.
1: But some of Etsy's sellers are sounding the alarm over the website's use of AI, which they say harms independent sellers. Dana Gibbs has the story.
2: As the holiday shopping season approaches this fall, people looking for an extra special gift for their friends and family may pay a visit to the handmade and vintage e-commerce giant Etsy. But even though the site is known for its intricately crafted handmade goods, sellers are sounding the alarm on Etsy's recent and troubling use of AI. This trend of seller pushback started at the end of August when seller Starla Moore of Handmade Alpha Academy coined the movement, hashtag keep Etsy human. She says the idea is to bring attention to what she calls Etsy's stray away from authenticity in its user experience, the very thing that made the platform attractive to makers and buyers. Maddie Boyd, a member of the Board of Directors and a founding member of the Indie Sellers Guild, also known as ISG, says sellers are not happy with Etsy's customer service and platform regulation bots, which she claims are doing more harm than good. She also commends more on starting the movement.
3: Anytime somebody wants to stand up and and make a change like that or try to get their voice heard at Etsy, it's a hugely positive development.
2: The ISG believes that the explosion of AI on Etsy is a direct contradiction of the platform's original motto, keep commerce human. And Boyd says that her organization is making sure the Etsy sellers are protected, especially when issues arise with the company.
3: We've been able to come out with like recommendations for individuals who have come up against these issues on how best to go about dealing with it, right, based on their circumstances. There's steps that you can take on Etsy to like safeguard your right to, for example, bring litigation, like bring a lawsuit against Etsy. We also recently had some contact with uh, the U.S. Senate Commerce Committee relating to a bill that would help regulate like online sales platforms where people can. Say that something is made in the U.S., but it's in fact made in a sweatshop overseas, there's legislation pending before the U.S. Senate that would make it harder to do that, harder to misrepresent like sweatshop goods.
2: Meanwhile, the hashtag #KeepEtsyHuman movement has rehashed not-so-pleasant memories for some Etsy sellers. Amy Co. owns the digital asset shop Snarkart, and she recalls Etsy's AI shutting her down for using the word Baltic to describe the pattern of one of her products. And seller Colleen Mitchell remembers being threatened by Etsy for claiming one of her products was FDA-approved, even though the statement was true. So after Etsy's AI deactivated that product listing, Mitchell abandoned the platform. The list of seller complaints goes on. Here's Boyd again.
3: So many Etsy sellers and buyers have gotten together that our voice is loud enough that it just becomes too difficult for Etsy to ignore.
2: So far, that's proving to be true. Just a few days after #KeepEtsyHuman started up, Etsy took two new measures to keep resellers and fee burdens at bay. One measure targets resellers directly, stating that listing images must be of the item itself, not a rendering or a stock photo, and an initiative called Share and Save, which gives sellers four percent back on their Etsy sales. But Boyd says that can't be the end of the discussion. We want Etsy to sit down with its sellers,
3: to sit down with the guild, and to just open up a channel of communication, which is not something that they've been willing to do so far, because the reality is the interests of sellers on the platform and of buyers on the platform on the one hand, and the interests of the owners of the platform have really, really over the past few years started to, to diverge a lot. And uh, when sellers and buyers don't have any representation, it's not surprising who gets the short end of the stick.
2: Ultimately, Boyd says that starting a dialogue will make Etsy a better place for both its corporate team, its sellers, and maybe even its holiday shoppers. With WFUV, I'm Dana Gibbs. That was Dana Gibbs
1: reporting on the hashtag KeepEtsyHumanMovement. Movement.
0: Over the next few weeks, the WFUV newsroom is speaking with organizations that promote mental health for teenagers in New York.
1: This week, WFUV's Isabel Danzas talks to Shaniqua Moore, CEO of iRASE Girls and Boy International Corporation, about their work improving students' mental health through after-school engagement.
4: Could you just briefly explain kind of what um,
5: iRASE does? Sure. So iRASE is a community-based organization that started uh, in Northeast Bronx, New York. We are working with kids of all uh, age groups between 5 and 21 uh, to help support their holistic well-being through mental health services after-school and educational supports.
4: And how does kind of, um, you know, giving the kids an after-school engagement place, how does that then achieve your mission of meth- mental health?
5: Yeah, so there's a number of reasons why. One, after school really is a place where kids can come to connect and d- develop social skills. One, um, many of our kids are are dealing with uh, lack of social emotional skills. Some of it is because of the pandemic and other reasons could be um, not having enough support within their school environment. So after school allows them to continue developing those social skills. It allows them to be connected to a trusted adult. And it also allows them to be exposed to other opportunities that they otherwise would not have access to, such as art, sports, music, STEM, learning, and other classes that they're able to take during after school.
4: I think we've touched on this throughout your speaking, but just kind of point blank, why is this mission important?
5: Well, kids need, they need help, they need support. Um, Secondly, there are a lot of kids that are dealing with mental health issues. um, And what we have seen is mental health really spike Uh, We've seen a lot of kids dealing with anxiety, depression, suicide, ideation. We're seeing these numbers really, really vast now. And we've seen this spike really during COVID and it's continuing. So with after-school programs, kids really have and can build those social connections and foster them. That actually does increase kids' mental health.
4: How does iRaises work benefit, you know, community members who maybe aren't a part of your program or don't have kids going to your program?
5: So we really are a beacon of hope to any family in New York City. Uh, we believe in providing a safe space for any kid to thrive. So even if kids are not necessarily connected or a part of our program, uh, they can take workshops online that are one-time workshops. All of our programs, what I love about them is they're all infused and in helping to build the kids' well-being. So even if they're taking a STEM workshop, the teachers are, are taught and, and certified to teach kids SEL. So no matter what workshop or program they take they'll still get that piece of wellness.
4: Do you have an example or like a story from your time with iRace that kind of encapsulates, you know, why you do
5: what you do? I'm thinking of a young lady um, actually in the Bronx and she uh, is a high school student currently in her senior year. But two years ago, she was referred to our program for uh, self-harming behavior. Um, when she came to us, she the school told us uh, that they could not do anything. They tried everything um, with her, and she was not responsive to any type of treatment that they were providing or any supportive services. So we connected her to one of our social workers. Um, and what we found out in working with her and getting to know her and getting to understand her is that she was dealing with some real issues of abandonment and rejection. Uh, We were able to help her. And now today she's, she hasn't had any injuries. And so those are like stories that we see every single day. What are you personally the
4: proudest about, about the work that
5: you do? I think one of the things I'm most proud about is that we are a woman of color led organization. And that means something, especially in New York City. Uh, Many times nonprofits, they do great work, but the leadership really doesn't reflect the communities that they work in. What we're really proud about is 100% of our staff come from the communities we work in. Most of us are women of color. We've lived in these communities. We've gone to these schools. We've played in these parks. We shop in the same markets. And so that really gives us a very unique perspective, a very intimate uh, sort of perspective when working with these families.
0: That was WFEV's Isabel Danzis talking to Shaniqua Moore, CEO of iRaise Girls and Boy International Corporation.
1: For more information about the organization's work promoting teen mental health, Visit iraiseinc.org.
0: And that's it from us.
1: But you can check out the What's What weekly wrap up every week for more features exclusively from the WFPV newsroom.
0: And make sure to check out the WFUV What's What daily podcast every weekday at 3 for the latest local news and feature stories from FUV.
1: And as always, you can find out more at WFUVnews.org.
0: I'm David Escobar.
1: And I'm Christina Lulich. And that's What's What.